This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Savaged Unfiltered. Uh, welcome to today's show. Welcome. Uh, joining us today, guys, uh, is going to be part two uh, with Mr. Noah Healy, uh, a data scientist and uh, residing uh, in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, Mr. Healy has discovered a superior form of the marketplace. We're going to discuss that. Uh, just in case you guys missed part one uh, with this conversation with Noah Healy, uh, we discussed uh, technology, we discussed the economy, uh, we discussed inflation issues, and uh, I want to get into a little bit more of the advantages of modern technology, right? We got into uh, some technology during part one, uh, the ups and downs of it, but I really want to uh, stay focused with the advantages of modern technology, because there are modern uh, advantages in the technology field. Uh, joining us today, like I said, Noah Healy. Welcome back, Noah. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me here. It's it's a great honor. And uh, just just so the listeners know, we are also joined uh, by a, uh, a Mr. Joseph M. Leonard, the author of Terror Strikes, coming to a city near you. Joseph, welcome uh, welcome to the panel, buddy. Oh, thank you. And also, so in people, in case people haven't heard, I'm also former IT guy. So, you know, I, I know about this stuff too. And, you know, I was on the internet before it was ever called the internet. For those of you who know the name CompuServe out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, very, very much into that. And yes, I'm familiar with that. I hope the listeners are into that. Um, Noah, I want to get into this, and I'm sure Joseph uh, is going to uh, piggyback on some of the questions that we ask here, uh, you know, with some of the advantages in communication tech, you know, that have driven markets uh, to basically um, uh, speed up. Uh, what's the concept of that, of that concept right there where it's driven the markets to speed up? Well, um, speed wins in the current market design. Uh, Effectively, uh, what happens is people are coming in with their desires, and if you can move quickly enough, you can see what they're doing and effectively front run their desires. So this allows you to um, sort of bet the race after it's been called, uh, and this creates an enormous instantaneous tactical advantage uh, for the people who've been able to secure these very high-speed data link computer systems to create the reaction times that allow them to shave off uh, the, it's called 
in some circles, picking up pennies in front of a steamroller uh, because under ordinary market operations, it's just free money. Um, but then if the market suddenly crashes or goes sideways, then then everybody is sort of uh, left high and dry. Just yeah, like, yeah, just I see like, that. Just like the uh, tech bubble in the 90s where, unfortunately, everybody raced to invest in any company that was a dot-com, regardless of potential profitability. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, the, the existence of technology doesn't ensure that, that it's a, a, a working idea. Uh, and in many cases, the technology doesn't even exist. Uh, we've seen numerous companies that are that are founded essentially on the wouldn't it be nice principle uh, <laughs> and frequently it would be nice uh, but since since that invention doesn't exist it's not really relevant yeah yeah you know joseph made a good point you know with the dot-com scenario uh that you know we we, we see now you know with you know computers advancing and and everything else where we've gone to a uh, in my view of it and how I see this, um, Noah, a, a rapid uh, pace of technology, right, uh, behind that concept, right? We see modern computers uh, that are now pushing uh, to these levels uh, that will basically alter the uh, behavior of the marketplace. Uh, do you well, see that as well, sir? That's already happened. Uh, markets have become radically less stable than they've really ever been in human history. Uh, and because the relationship of the, the people that used to be holding up the marketplace to the market is permanently altered by their ability to have access to computing technology, um, they no longer have a personal stake in a functioning market. They actually have personal stakes in dysfunctional markets now. And so um, these systems are not only more unstable than they were yesterday, more unstable than they were 10 years ago, they're going to be con continued becoming less stable until they eventually become so unstable that we no longer have economies if we persist in using them. Yeah, we got into that door in part one, you know, where uh, it, it, it leads to, you know, what we, we see today. I mean, little little by little, I mean, we got into the inflation, which I, I want to get back into the inflation. And I, I know that's going to uh, that's going to make uh, Joseph happy because, I mean, he <laughs> he loves talking about inflation, uh, Noah. I mean, the the man lives off of of that. Uh, he's, you know. That in his book. Uh, with the inflation, just a little bit. I don't. I don't want to say a lot. A little bit. Uh, but Joseph, uh, did did you have anything that you want with Noah about this topic that we're on today? Feel free to come in if you'd like. Well, I just wanted to go back to the "Wouldn't it be nice, high in the sky" kind of ideas. Well, we're kind of America's built on that, though, too. So. Even though a lot of those dot-coms busted and it hurt people's bottom lines after they thought they 
had become rich <laughs> and were back in the poorhouse, a lot of those failures are only temporary failures, though, too. Think of Netscape. There would be no such thing as Internet Explorer or Edge or uh, Google Chrome or Brave or Firefox without Netscape. And they went bust too because uh, they rushed product to be first. Uh, you, like you had said, you, you, you kind of want to beat people to the market. Well, beating people to the market while Netscape was a great visual uh, thing, it was very buggy because their motto was rush it out fix it later so yeah yeah i i don't want to deny the existence of of some very cool pieces of technology i would pick a bone with you on america's foundry on that um people like the wright brothers or ford or edison um, or fulton even or whitney created technologies that actually functioned um and it is on those functional technologies that that we built the backs of America. Um, unfortunately, uh, computer introduction to marketplaces uh, and and the sort of co-technological and credit expansions happening at the same time led to effectively the the bad behavior of financial arbitrage becoming the founding DNA of technological development. Um, whereas... Hey, guys. If you're looking for a steak, I know it's hard to find steak, right? You know, a lot of restaurants that just overcooked, undercooked, just not to your taste buds, right? You want that juicy steak. Look no further than Omaha Steak. I love them, guys. Love them. If I didn't love them, why wouldn't I be promoting them on the podcast today? Go over to Omaha Steaks, okay? They are phenomenal, guys. The juiciest steak you'll ever taste in your life, okay? A lot of people are like, well, how does it get delivered to your house? You know, with gnats and bugs going to get into it. it. No, no, no. It's not, you don't have to worry about all that. It is in a sealed perishable bag delivered to your house. So you don't have to worry about the gnats and the bugs get into it. It's fresh from the time they ship it from their distribution center to the time it arrives at your house. The juiciest steak you'll ever have in your life, guys. Check them out today. Omaha Steaks. Love them. They're phenomenal. Savage Unfiltered. That hold on, Joseph. And, and why is that? Why do you think that we're you know we're, we're going to that that level there? You mentioned something that uh, you said. If I have correct, it's not using enough. You're saying, or is it? Um, it's it's not focusing on the product. It's focusing on the IPO, um, the the connection between nearly free money for technology and nearly free money for finance is might be 
a historical accident, but it's it's a very solid connection. And as somebody that's attempting to launch a technological product and and effectively being completely unable to tap into that marketplace because I'm unwilling to uh, make the kinds of claims that are necessary to get onto the bottom rung of the ladder um, is is uh, means that we're we're creating a system that is is basically about hype um, rather than actual engineering. Yeah, I, I yeah, I get what you're saying now. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to say this one thing here. And uh, Joseph, if you'd like, man, you can come come into this uh, this part here. You know, we're, we're seeing as a result of this, of these advantages in technology and uh, basically the speed of these transactions in this field, uh, Noah, um, is there an extra need, uh, you know, for, for for this new logical construct? Uh, uh, well, essentially, that's that's the foundation of my argument is that uh, marketplaces are moving so quickly that they have disconnected from delivering human information, which is their purpose. Okay. Um, so uh you you know you, you probably drive most people do um have you seen those like car simulator uh uh video games where you can you can actually get behind the wheel of like yeah yeah car? I, I i seen that and you know i don't want to get off the topic though but you well, know it seems this isn't this isn't off the topic let me let me just sort of yeah. finish this out oh so, no no what i'm saying is i i seen that and it's kind of like you know uh you know what i meant by getting off the topic it's kind of similar to what this what this new administration is trying to push for it, it, well, <laughs> just so, a little bit, you know, but get yeah, ahead. The, right. So the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that this can give you a lot of the sensations and feedback of what it would be like to be driving 200 miles an hour in NASCAR, 200 miles or 180 or so in Formula yeah. One, whatever. But it would be possible in that environment to sort of run the tape faster and yeah. put people behind the wheel of cars that were driving 2,000 miles an hour. However, yeah. human beings can't physically do that on the tracks that presently exist. The best drivers in the world would crash if their cars were moving that quickly because they're, yeah. it, it's not even reaction time anymore. Even if they had muscle memory the entire thing, their arms wouldn't physically be able to move fast oh, enough. I mean, that's, that's yeah, I mean, that's... found somebody what, who what, could the computer could make them go 200,000 miles an hour and then it would kill them. So well, we we're, have... we're near that in modern. Yes. I'm sorry. We're, we're uh, you know, we're nowhere near that with, you know, with the, with the advancement of technology today, right. I, I don't even think in our lifetime we'll get to that level. I mean, you're no. talking about something that's probably going to be super advanced in the next like three or 4,000 years. You know, no, if our market system today operates at, the microsecond time scale that is right. one million times per second it updates human consciousness at minimum is is something like uh, a tenth of a second so yeah. the market is doing a hundred thousand times something that 
is the absolute fastest humans could sustainably sustainably do. So you drive around your neighborhood at 25 miles an hour. Imagine if you had to drive around your neighborhood at a quarter of a million miles an hour. The market's there right now. And they're working on the technology to put another zero on the end of that and get it down to hundreds of nanoseconds and operating millions of times faster than we can consciously operate at. That's, so, that's conscience that, you know, but I think that's conscience that we, we, we can't even uh, comprehend. I'm sure, uh, Joseph, what, what's your thoughts on this, buddy? Yeah, there's a couple things you said. First, when you talked about noise, I, I agree. And the wouldn't it be nice, something that's useful and something we need rather savaged unfiltered technology to use it's trying to build for future use because video download speed is plenty good enough without 5G for high definition yeah uh that yeah, that may well be. Uh, I'm not. I'm not much on on the the wireless stuff. Um, but I would, I would again sort of contend we are we are here now. The the markets already operate at this speed, and have been doing so uh, for well over a decade at this point. Um, yeah. and we're attempting to drive them more quickly in the face of increasing uh, uh, destabilization. If you can recall the flash crash, um, when when the markets just suddenly and spontaneously started dropping and then recovered uh, a, a few seconds later, and the, you know, the news agencies were all having sort of first person accounts of people saying, you know, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know if, if, it was just sort of over well flash crashes are now a daily event and and we just know that the system is so unstable that the kinds of things that triggered national crises in 1929 are just a thing that will happen at some for something in the market every day because that's just how unstable the market is. I I agree with you that they are on that because of the technology speed. Absolutely. We're talking about people pre-programming computers all night long to smack that market the minute it opens and all hell can break loose. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, Noah, what about the... I'm sorry, sir. What about some of these uh, these computer algorithms? You know, like, does it do you think it would provide a better forecast to, to produce all of this at a cheaper level? Or, uh, Well, so my my point is that the the issue that we're seeing is a result of the incentives that the present market offers. And so okay. what my market does is offers different kinds of incentives that allow everybody to come together at the at a high level while remaining competitive at an individual level and with yeah. that kind of system um whereas the current marketplace actually 
incentivizes individuals to destabilize the market. My system incentivizes individuals to stabilize the market. And as a result of everybody doing everything they can to be the person that most stabilizes the market, the market calms down and becomes much less expensive. Exactly. Exactly. In part one of this conversation, Noah, we we got into, uh, I want to get back to, um, if, if you don't mind, uh, because I, I, I found that one topic of the conversation we were discussing uh, with some of the economy and the inflation, which you touched very nicely on. Um, and you had actually got it into a, um, a new developing patent system, OK, um, which, you know, has been uh, discussed on, on, on the federal level. Um, you know, can you can you basically explain here on the show if you can, uh, if you can, uh, you know, just exactly where the phase is with this? Because we got into the phases. You know, there was uh, I think you were at, at early in the phases, correct? Um, I'm actually fairly well along on patenting. So um, the way patents work is you put in a full application. Um, in general, uh, most most sectors are about two years behind. I had to wait um, approximately three years for a first office action. Um, you then have a little contention with your patent examiner about whether what you're working on is novel and useful. Um, and then they'll give you a notice of acceptance. And then you can take the patent application you have and the notice of acceptance put that in and they'll give you your patent. Um, so in my case, uh, we had to then, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in my case, we had to go through a couple of rounds. They've acknowledged that nobody's ever thought of anything like this before that anybody knows, and it does look useful. Um, they accepted it about two years ago. And then uh, the quality control department put in a note and they withdrew the acceptance. Um, they they then put forward their reason for the withdrawal, uh, which was uh, logically incoherent. And so I had to put together a response. Effectively, when you boiled down their logical, the, the logical structure of their statement, they were claiming that one and two were the same number. Um, and and this is in the context of algorithmic analysis. So it wasn't as simple as we think one equals two, therefore you can't have this patent, but it was pretty close to that. Um, I, found yeah, I mean, you Noah, you mentioned that you, you brought this up with your, you know, didn't you go to your congressional leaders at all? And, and you discussed well, this with them? That's, that's, that's round two. So I, I found, I found papers that are on government websites that describe how one and two are different in this context. And we, my lawyers put a very sharply worded note into them saying, hey, prove what you're talking about or please go away. Uh, they re-accepted the patent at the beginning of this year and then uh, quality control stepped back in uh, a few weeks after that and re-rejected the patent. And my examiner and my examiner's supervisor, neither of them claim that they can understand what's going on. Um, mm. They've basically copy pasted the previous objection over because, you know, they have no idea what's going on. Uh, I have had my 
congressional office, asked the patent office what's going on. Um, their first response was, he has a lawyer. We don't talk to people, you know, outside of channels. Have him ask his lawyer. Uh, so there's a, we're, we're sort of putting the question a little tighter now because, again, they're not even talking to my attorney. Uh, you, you know, and, no, it almost sounds like they're, they're trying to bury your concept, sir. Um, it definitely feels like that. And you would not be the first person to bring up, uh, nefarious, uh, uh, you know, motives on the part of somebody. You know, Noah, I have a, I have a question here and, uh, hopefully you could answer it. Uh, if not, I completely understand. Has this been brought up to the current, um, you know, presidential administration at all or, uh, not that I'm aware of. I've spoken to people who work uh, in the SEC and the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, both formally and informally. Um, unfortunately, the costs to get on sort of the record with the CFTC, which would be the controlling industry, the controlling uh, uh, administrative body for me, uh, is an attorney letter that's that's simply too expensive um, for me to invest in just to be able to talk to them. Um, yeah, I understand. So but it I'm, hasn't really gone very far. Yes, what I'm what I'm saying is like if you were to you know try to uh, you know bring it to the attention of even this new administration, um, you know President Joe Biden, do you think that some that that President Joe Biden would um, basically go along with this concept at all or? I mean, within your own personal opinion. Uh, I, I I don't really think that um, politicians in the United States are thinking in terms of the financial infrastructure of the country. Uh, we have we have essentially outsourced that to Wall Street, and and the people that I've spoken to. Um, effectively are unwilling to even listen uh, outside of official channels. Yeah, you uh, uh, I, I agree with Mike that because now we're talking government and unfortunately big bureaucracy slows everything down. And indeed, we are in a day and age where you can get in George Orwell 1984 animal farm style, someone who says two plus two equals five, just because they're feeling it. They feel that way and can block innovation. Imagine like we talked about Ford and Edison and Boeing had all these deep state bureaucrats who would have to check off on everything were in the way of those innovators back then, like you're encountering today. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, although I will note that uh, one of the things that allowed Ford to get off the ground uh, was the extremely deep pocket backing that he received initially, which allowed him to overcome something known as the Selden patent, uh, which buggy whip manufacturers had acquired and which they claimed uh, effectively covered any conceivable motorized vehicle. Um, and, and they were using it as a patent blocker to 
car manufacturer in the United States. Um, he, the Ford was able to take that case to the Supreme Court and have... Hey guys, if you're trying to look for an organic product, right, you're getting tired of using the over-counter medication that's filled with chemicals, filled with all those nasty, nasty, cancerous ingredients, guys. Head over to LiveRishi.com. That's right, guys. LiveRishi.com. What is LiveRishi? It's an organic CBD oil company that uses natural hemp oil in their products, guys. As you can see, I'm out and about right now. You develop a rash from walking in the park. Grab that Live Rishi cream with you. Rub it on there. I'm telling you what, guys, it's going to work like wonders. It's going to work like wonders. Use promo code SAVAGED UNFILTERED for 20% off your entire order, guys. And I'm telling you what, that's a great deal. 20% off your entire order. LiveRishi.com. Grab it today, guys. You're going to love it. Said, uh, to, to allow... Uh, car manufacturer to begin here yeah. in the United States. You're talking about competitive uh, uh, roadblocks, um, someone's best interest over another's. And, and we saw that too with Edison and Westinghouse tried to get government to intercede against the other guy rather than alleviating barriers like you just talked about. But to put uh, them in place to block yes. competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- these are things. These are things that happen, uh, and that's that's another. Uh, some of the people that I that I'm sort of on the journey with have brought that up as a potential blocker. Um, you know, Noah, Noah. If I may add, the reason why I, I asked about you know button up to the you know current uh, uh presidential administration or even on you know this new federal level is because this system here and, and hearing you talk about it and the concept behind it and and the great benefits that it can provide i mean uh it, it has a lot to do with um uh you know, with the economy that we have today. And I mean we got into you know the inflation issues that we're seeing now. Uh it, Right, right now you had mentioned that you know you um, you see that it, it, it would it would help it a little bit, but we're we're too far uh, adrift from 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 the current uh, inflation that we're seeing now. If we weren't facing now, this is my question here, sir. If we weren't facing the inflation that we have currently right now, which is I mean it's it's getting worse and worse every single day. Um, if this was prior to possibly maybe the Biden administration, right? Because um, I, I don't like to put blame on any type of, you know, uh, federal or, you know, uh, you know, local office, you know, their, their decisions. But I mean, seeing where our country's going right now, I mean, that's an entirely different topic, entirely different episode. But seeing where our country's going right now with this inflation issue and where the economy is being driven to, Prior to Joe Biden taking office, if this was and this is my own personal view and opinion on this, folks. So, you know, please, um, you know, don't hold hold me to the, uh, you know, to the to to the can on this. But if this was prior to Joe Biden uh, taking office right now and say just miraculously Donald Trump was still holding uh, office, do you think that this patent uh, the 
the patent that you're, you're you're developing right now, sir. Do you think that it would it, it would show a significant difference if, say, Donald Trump was still in office right now? And do you think it would benefit the economy at all? Uh, well, so I don't know that it would make much difference with the patent because virtually the entire patent pursuit was, in fact, while Trump was in office. In fact, the first denial, which was itself bizarrely handled by the patent office. Uh, yeah, was, you had mentioned that the first denial was was un, uh, was during uh, the the Trump presidency. Was but the I Trump mean, presidency. Um, however, adoption of this technology uh, would have a dramatic positive effect on the economy, really, regardless of of the occupancy of the White House, unless uh, they were able to put into place new new roadblocks on a truly unprecedented scale. So uh, government usually likes to spread its numbers out to make them sound bigger or smaller. So usually uh, prices and costs are done over 10-year timeframes. Um, mm. uh, they would have to they would have to implement a four trillion dollar tax. Um, in order to counterbalance the short-term gain uh, from this kind of system. And I don't see that as being politically feasible uh, (laughs) for anybody. Uh, That number is so big that um, uh, the electorate would not wait for elections, uh, that the, the lawsuit flurry would be so huge that the the phone calls, um, you know, I, I I think back to um, I believe it was the late '80s when um, uh, Ted Kennedy and the Democrats were thinking about Social Security, and uh, AARP put together a mob of senior citizens uh, at the Capitol that was so right. intense that. That Dan Rostenkowski, uh, who was one of the most powerful men in the House in those days, and multiple senators were trapped in their limousines by, you know, people in walkers, and it, it made the nightly yeah. news. Um, yeah. Uh, that that sort of scene would be replayed uh, uh, on steroids uh, from from such such a dramatic uh, reach. But it was. It wouldn't in this respect because you're you're right. They know they can't. But what they would do is hide a half a trillion dollar increase, like the Inflation Reduction Act taxes that are going to cause more inflation, and then just print another three and a half trillion dollars of fiat currency, which has gotten us the inflation we are now because we don't have balanced budgets. And again, to reiterate, you're talking about Trump, Biden, Michael. Yeah, there's no difference here. It's the deep state, lifelong government employees with their own agenda that are at issue here. Yeah, but my question, you know, going back to, you know, the uh, the interest, you know, if 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 Donald Trump was still in office here, uh, you know, where I think and this is my own personal opinion, you know, uh, you know, I, I say things on the show and, and, you know, people, you know, oh, no, he's wrong. He's no, it's an opinion, folks, please. It's an opinion. What I'm trying to say is, you know, it, 
if he was still in office, do you think that this new patent, this new system that you've been working on, uh, Mr. Hearley, do you think that this this would uh, drive a, a huge interest in your own personal opinion to Donald Trump? Uh, and of course, the uh, the Department of uh, Treasury and, and, and everything else in Washington. Do you think that uh, Donald Trump would actually go along with this idea? Um, I, I can't really say. Uh, I, I just, I don't have a sense of what does and doesn't draw his attention. Um, he, he seems to respond, uh, spontaneously to the crowd events that he's in, but, uh, I would say that he took his eye off the ball almost immediately upon beginning his administration, um, in terms of, in terms of sort of what was, what what the agenda that he was talking about during his stump speech versus what he actually did. Um, what he did was in line with uh, with you know his his basic platform. Um, but I I was alive in you know 2015 2016. Um, I watched the crowds interrupt him with shouts of build the wall and lock her up. And quite clearly he didn't finish either of those two things. And, and pretty much immediately in his administration set out not as his, those were not the first things that he was doing. He was, he was carrying out. Right. I understand what they so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. how this would or would not attract his attention. Um, I I expect, based on his sort of deference to the process, that it would be pretty similar. Because I've been I've been doing this for several years. I did it all the way through his administration. When I talk to people in government, which I did during his administration, um, yeah, what was that? Because uh, I, I actually wanted to see some of uh, you know uh, your experiences that you had seen. Uh, you know, were they, f- you know, uh, fascinated about your idea at all? Or I mean, w- w- you you mentioned that you know uh, during so, the first several months, at, hard, yeah. At- I was at a convention called the Agricultural Commodity Futures Trading. Yeah, Trading. you mentioned that on part one. Yeah, uh, we yeah. didn't have enough time to go into that. Uh, can can you can you go into that a little bit? Um, well, it was it was quite fascinating. Um, I was hoping to maybe even get a speech slot or, or something similar to that in the follow up, but then unfortunately, COVID happened and they canceled um, the the event and it hasn't really come back yet. Uh, but the they had presentations by right. um, the people who operate the departments in Treasury and so on. It's uh, the people in in the government that were regulating these markets, and the people at the markets that were actually running them. And then uh, there was a you know entire convention room full of farmers and manufacturers and and traders. Uh, that would then ask questions after a uh, 30 to 40 minute presentation. And the questions were savage. Um, I, I like that. <laughs> I, I recall uh, one of the, one of the ones that really stood out um, 
there was the guy who was in charge of the settlement algorithm at the CME group, an economist who was the world's foremost ex expert on settlement algorithms and, and what sort of choices you can make, and um, the lead regulator from the CFTC on settlements. And they did a presentation on how settlement actually took place and what happened at the at the actual, you know, coalface basically, uh, when mm. when the trade was settled and 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 a contract was made, um, and I believe it was the first question from the crowd after it was over, uh, pointed out that, uh, and everybody had their laptops, so they had like the details. I'm not going to remember the the stats exactly, but that that effectively the millions of potential trades that are on the books every time a trade actually happens in less than a second all of those million trades are withdrawn and those same people put in new millions of trades um and wait for another trade to actually occur and so the guy's question is you know given that was the cme under the impression that their clients were putting in their trades with the intention to trade them now the important thing yeah. to understand about this is that putting in a request to trade or accepting a request to trade which is not intended to trade is a crime oh yeah without a doubt i mean that that's 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 a federal crime it's attempting, so to, guy, ma attempting yes. to manipulate the market yes yeah. so this this guy's question was given the fact that all of your customers act like they're criminals are you under the impression that all of your customers are criminals <laughs> and and the the guy from the cme group who was in charge of this system um dropped i'm not going to be able to get this word for word and it's it's obviously important and i'll get to that in a second but he dropped out this sentence of of you know everything's at risk of trading um, effectively. Hmm. So, so effectively this very legally well-worded thing of basically, yeah, we know that they're all criminals, but you know, if I say the sentence, I'm not legally culpable. And, Noah, and if, if, hold on, sir. If I may add this, this was all being said right at this conference up in Washington. So, so this wasn't in Washington, this was in Kansas city, but oh, okay. The guy's response to to the to to the to the canned answer that he got was, "Did you actually just say that?" Word for word. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they had a they had a back and forth. And the reason I'm quite positive that it was you know like a legally prepared canned response is that after back and forthing for you know forty or fifty seconds, um, the CME guy repeated the sentence verbatim. Um, huh. It's obviously something that he had practiced, uh, and that's that's where things are. And that was that was two years ago. Things have not gotten better since, or three years ago at this point. Yeah, that is exactly where we are. Legalized CYA. <laughs> We're twisting words, carefully crafting sentences to be ambiguous, to mean this or that, or both this and that at the same time. But if I may, yeah. Michael, to go back to what you were saying, let's take Trump-Biden out of this. It's kind of, I think you're implying the left-right dynamic, the left right, yeah. of more government, bigger government, bureaucrat control, 
one person in the deep state with an agenda can hold someone up like is happening here, whereas the right philosophy, and Trump tried to do this as best he could with reducing regulation and cutting red tape and allowing business owners and well, innovators to- Well, Joseph, I mean, he, exactly, sir. I mean, he, he ran on that concept for four years, cutting the regulation. And I mean, a lot of people look at it as as a failure. But, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, bureaucrats and, and, and people that just Life want nothing but bureaucrats, hard. yeah. Lifelong deep state people, yes. Yeah, and then when you have exactly, and when you have people like Noah that's trying to, you know, develop something that can, you know, not only alter the system but benefit the system, you know, they don't, they don't want to take that concept into play. They're like, well, you know, it's, you know, it just doesn't work. Well, why doesn't it work? You know, that's my question. Why doesn't it work? You haven't even thought of it. You haven't even, you know, given it a, a chance yet. You know. Just protecting uh, yeah. the status quo, yeah. And it, what lobbyist is paying that person to protect the status quo? Uh, certainly, uh, and and to that to that effect, uh, you know, Trump and Joe Biden. I don't know which one of them would be more attached to the current financial status quo. Um, Trump's long history of basically building those people's houses uh, links his fortune very intimately to, to Wall Street and the financial system. But Joe's long history as the senator from Delaware, which is where all the companies are headquartered and, and as sort of, you know, MasterCard's man on the Senate floor, uh, very tightly ties his fortunes to the financial status quo as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. You know, before we close it out here, uh, Noah, um, uh, during a recent podcast uh, you have been on uh, through uh, Corporation uh, Thought uh, with Mark Marlin, uh, you explained about disrupting the, uh, the commodities in the markets. I found that episode very fascinating. Um, you got into a lot of uh, uh, key points, uh, which you have today on today's show. Uh, did you want to spin off any of that conversation you had with Mark Marlin? Um, sure. Well, the key thing is that right now, um, roughly half of the profits that go into making the stuff that makes up all the stuff that we actually use and eat and so on, um, yeah. are absorbed sales process of that stuff. Uh, and so by making that sales process much more efficient, um, easily 10x more efficient, uh, we could shift and and by shifting a large portion of that cost into the, the production column, we could effectively double the profits for producing commodities. And if we do that, then the productive economy would become more profitable than the transactional economy would. And oh, without our that. efforts and intelligence and genius and so on could be unleashed on creating an economy that was wealthier rather than one that was extractive as, as we presently have. Uh, and that would, 
that would have vast benefits uh, in terms of people having better jobs that pay more money, um, that produce things that other people need to live better lives. Yeah, you touched on, uh, you know, that will provide people to have better jobs to live a better lifestyle. Now, do you see, you know, with the rising, and I'm sure you see it where you live up in Virginia, you know, do you see, you know, with these rising wages uh, that they're, they're, they're paying people more money, but in, in reality, they're really not making more money. You know what I mean, sir? They're, well, they're, the, they're, they're balancing the, it out because of the inflation that we're seeing the, right now. At, at, at the working class level, the driver for higher wages is higher cost of living. Um, the, the, they're, they're being paid more because if they were not being paid more, they would not be able to get their car all the way to their place of business. They wouldn't be, you know, awake. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at so the inflation. That's what I was saying. It's it's the inflation that we're seeing. That's what's that's what's driving uh, these employers or or these companies to pay their employees more money. I, I've touched on inflation many times with Joseph here on the show, and uh, you know that's one of the reasons a lot of people. Oh, I'm pay, I'm getting paid more money. I'm getting this. I'm getting that. Yeah, you are. That's great. But yeah, like you, mentioned, yeah. Go ahead, Joseph. But your cost of living has still declined because the wages aren't increasing faster than the rate of inflation. And I like to bring it back to seniors on Social Security. They, you know, the stated inflation rate is manipulated and the COLAs are never really enough to keep up with the real inflation rate, like groceries. A lot of groceries aren't factored into the inflation rate. And look at the runaway cost at your grocery store. So if you get a 10% raise based on the lie that inflation is currently 9.1% when it's really more like 20%, you're losing ground. Yeah. Uh, Certainly that is the case. Um, And uh, one fairly inexpensive and eye-opening thing that you can do is uh, watch movies from 30 or 50 or 90 years ago and see what prices have been like within the lives of those now living. Um, Because for those who argue that inflation has been low since the 90s, um, you can, you can watch, you can watch, some of the most popular films even today uh, were produced during the nineties and, and little things slip out here and there about, well, you know, well, no, well, you look at the quality of- were like what, what other prices were like. And it's, uh, it's quite stunning. Um, yeah. Like but- I mentioned, Noah, you got to look at the quality. Like you mentioned, you know, you could, you could see, you could see the budgeting, you can see the, uh, uh, the effects of, uh, of each era or each generation through movies uh, with that inflation or with that deficit or, or, or uh, whatever it's facing. Like you mentioned movies, you look at the nineties, just look at the quality, you know, is, is the quality a lot different from the nineties compared to the, the 20, uh the two thousands. Sure. Sure. I, there's a, there was, there was a lot more quality uh, being introduced because they weren't facing budgeting issues that they're, that they're that they're facing now you go up to hollywood 
whether it's in LA or, you know, little, little areas, I call them little Hollywood areas like Atlanta or Detroit or Chicago. And you could look at these studio companies, there's production companies, and they're, they're very careful uh, with their production now because of the money of that goes into film production, editing, all that. Go back to the nineties, you know, there, it was a lot easier, even the eighties, the seventies, the sixties. So yes, I, I do agree with that concept. 110%. Um, Noah, we're going to close it out here, sir. I, I really, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed uh, bringing you on for part two. Uh, I thank Joseph for coming on, uh, you know, to be part of this panel. And, uh, you know, I, I really, really like to see some of these ideas and thoughts that you have developed, uh, even this patented system, uh, to basically make a headway for itself. I'd, li- I'd love to see, see it come out in its full entirety uh, with that concept, sir. Uh, yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm pushing for that myself. I, I, I take your good wishes on board. I'm, I, I'm very hopeful uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts there, Joseph, before we uh, close up the show? Yeah. And I, I, I hate to bring it back to politics, but unfortunately, it still all does boil down to that. It's going to take a decade or two of the right people to stop blocking innovators like you, to reduce the red tape that the bureaucrats in the deep state that have these governmental union protections and you down near almost cannot fire any of them that are blocking people like you to reduce that red tape because they fight every inch of the way the reduction of the red tape because little bureaucrats like you've encountered like the power like the control like the fascist ability to block your innovation that can help all people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's the fight we have to continue. Um, Joseph, uh, you know, he, uh, Mr. Heal, this is a fight that, you know, uh, you, you cannot give up on. Uh, it's, it's a tremendous idea. Uh, and I, I could see very, very fascinating results coming out of this. Uh, in the near future, hopefully not too far into the future. Hopefully within this decade, uh, we can see this concept uh, basically being played out, uh, not only in the federal level, but also the state level too as well. I'd love to see some, you know, state governors, uh, mayors, uh, local leadership uh, using these ideas, using this concept to, to not only benefit the economy, but benefit the United States of America because we've become a, a, of a nation of decline. And I, I had that concept on my show not too long ago here with Joseph. Uh, we are, uh, Mr. Healy, a nation in decline. And it's very, it's very sad. Uh, Noah, I want to say thank you once again, one more time before I close you out. And I'll uh, mention you right now in the show notes uh, as well here on the show. Thank you very much, sir, for coming on. It's a true honor having you on the show today. Thank you. Yes. And, uh, you know, don't don't give up on your ideas and, and your concepts, sir. I really I really mean that from the best of my you know bottom of my heart. Excuse me. Uh, in closing, guys, uh, I'd like to say here, uh, if you're not familiar with Noah Healy. Uh, yes, I have mentioned he uh, is a, uh, a well-known data scientist as well as other work that he gets himself involved with, with um, 
uh, the marketplace. Uh, you can find him on his website at coredisc.com. That's spelled C-O-O-R-D-I-S-C.com, as well as his LinkedIn, LinkedIn excuse me, uh, uh, profile. You can find him on that profile at LinkedIn.com forward slash I-N forward slash Noah dash Healy. Um, thank you very much, sir. Um, thank you very much for being part of the show and uh, good luck in your future endeavors, sir. Thank you. Yeah. Amen, Michael. Noah, what happened to the hippies of the 60s, right? Let me echo them. Don't let the man get you down. Keep plugging away. All right, good stuff, guys. Thank you very much.